Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? I love the Word of God. The more I study the Word of God, the more I see that I don't know much. The riches, the wealth in the Word of God is so much that we can understand and learn. Every time I read the Bible and study the Bible, I feel that God is stretching me to go to the next level. I want God to stretch me, to help me to grow to the next level in every aspect of my life. As I, your pastor, grow... You will grow with me. We all move together to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ together. Amen? In this generation, we're going to grow. How many people believe that the words say, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God? You get things from God by faith. If you don't have faith, you don't get. That's why my job is to keep putting the word into your ears until you have more faith and your faith will go up to the next level. I'm going to start a new series today and it will take maybe a year or two to finish the whole series because I go very slowly. It's a big subject. This series, the name called Abounding Life. Abounding Life. It comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. I'm going to read from New King James and from King James Version. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Second Corinthians 9.8 in King James Version said, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Everyone say abound. That ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound. In King James, use the word abound two times, but actually abundance and abound came from the same Greek language. To every good work. The word abound in the New Testament here comes from the Greek language. Is the word perizio. Perizio. It's hard for me. I listen in the website how to say in the Greek way. It's very difficult to say. Perizio, something like that. Very difficult. I study this Greek language, what it means. It means super about in quantity and in quality. It means to be in excess, to be superfluous, to cause to be super about and excel. It means Make more and more. Have more and more. Or abundance. It means to be better. Enough and to spare. It means exceed, excel, increase, left over, remain, over and above. The word purizio was translated in different scripture in the New Testament to be this way. I'm going to read some scripture for you. If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 carefully, we will find the word about in the King James Version several times. 
It is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, two times already, verse 8, a while ago, in the King James Version. Actually, 2 Corinthians 9:8 is the best definition of the word prosperity. Don't take me wrong, I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I preach the Word of God. It's the best definition of the word prosperity. Let me explain to you, prosperity is not about the dollar amount. Prosperity is not about how many materials you have. When we talk about about, about in everything, faith, love, joy, wisdom, anointing, all the resources and necessary things to do for the king of all kings and for the Lord of all lords, we can expect to have an abounding life. The life that have plenty and plus to do the work of God. Let me ask you, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 that I read a while ago, is it the will of God? Is it the will of God? Can I hear the answer? Can I hear louder? Okay. Many people are not convinced. Yeah. If you are convinced, yes! It's the will of God for us. Is it for you and me? Is it for every believer? Not just only some believers. For every believer. If we live a life of coming short, live a life of not enough, it means that we need to have the Word of God change us and move us to the abounding life. If we don't have enough, it means that we don't have enough to do the will of God. So we need to move to the next level to be more than enough. God's will for every believer is abundance. Psalm chapter 23, verse 1. Psalm 23, verse 1. Abundance is the will of everybody who believe in Jesus all the time and for everyone. Psalm 23, 1. Again, I'm not talking about dollar amount. Don't take me wrong. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about everything in our life. Strength, health, relationship, wisdom, joy, power, everything in our life. We should live an abounding life. Psalm 23, verse 1 in King James Version say, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In NLT say, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. How our God going to look like if all of us who are the chief of God is very poor, very weak, very sick, and lack everything? How is going to look like? If we are weak and poor and sick, we will be a bad reflection on our shepherd. Is that true? The condition of the sheep is a direct reflection on their shepherd. And who is our shepherd? Jesus. Is our shepherd a good shepherd? He is the good shepherd. He's the good, great shepherd. He's not a bad shepherd. We need to come to this conclusion. My God is a good shepherd, and I am his chief. Imagine with me, if we grow up in a country, I went to New Zealand one time, 
and I saw a lot of sheep on the field with the shepherd. We grew up in a country where there are sheep and shepherd. And one day, we read in the news that, wow, in this nation, there is a super shepherd. And when you read the newspaper, super shepherd, we may think, wow, I hope that one day I can see this guy. This guy show up, I want to take picture with him. He's like a movie star. And one of these days, the news come. This super shepherd going to show up in your village. Oh, you get excited about it. You say, I need to see this guy, super shepherd. You ran to the trail and wait and wait for the super shepherd to show up. And then, wow, he comes. The super shepherd walking, look very handsome with noble features. Nice stick, nice staff on his hand. Beautiful robe on his body. He walked very handsome and very good looking. Looked very smart. You look at him, wow, super shepherd is showing up. But then you look behind him. His sheep had broken legs. His sheep are very thin. Very sick, look pitiful, malnourished. Some of them lost their ears, lost their eyes. They dragged along behind him. His flock was in a terrible condition. What would you say and what would you think about that shepherd? You would have thought, this is not a super shepherd. He's a bad shepherd. Is that right? I don't care what the news say. I don't care what the rumors say about this guy. People say that he's a super shepherd. But to me, look at his flock. He's not a good shepherd. Who is our shepherd? The Lord Jesus Christ. The master. And who is his flock? We are. We are his flock. How should we look like the good shepherd? We should look good, strong, healthy. Is that right? We should have abounding life so that our shepherd will look good. Our condition and what kind of life we live. The needs that God has met for us. The way we run our life will be a reflection on our shepherd. If you are sick all the time, or you always beg people for money all the time, or you do dumb things all the time, you don't have the wisdom of God, the Lord Jesus will not look good if you claim to be a Christian. But we have a good shepherd who heals us, who provides for us, who also guides us, Bless us and help us everywhere we go. Then we become a good reflection on the best shepherd. John chapter 10 verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. How can we tell that he is a good shepherd? We never see Jesus. How many people saw Jesus? I never see Jesus in my life. I just believe by faith. I read the Bible and I believe Jesus. I never see my shepherd. How can I tell what kind of shepherd he is? 
by looking at the flock, looking at his sheep. I tell you, the enemy of Satan has fought this kind of teaching for centuries. He fought the teaching about healing, about abundance and deliverance for years and years and years, and he has been very successful in many denominations and in many churches. He influenced the teachings in the body of Christ to the point that a lot of Christians believe that it is the will of God for Christians to be sick and stay sick. The teaching come out is the will of God that Christians need to stay poor, broke, and look terrible. The more poor you are, the more sick you are, the more spiritual you become. And the more religious you become. Look at that pastor. He needs to live in a shaky home. So he is spiritual. That is not from heaven. It's opposite to what the word of God say. Amen. Don't listen to the devil. People blame God everywhere. They blame God that God sent hurricane into a certain city. They blame God that God sent cancer to kill somebody. They blame God Everything that bad things happen on earth is not right. And if you tell the whole world, you know, God make me sick, God make me poor, God send hurricane to kill people in the south part of America, and then you go to your friend in your office and say, you know, um, do you want to come and join my church? And your friend will say, no, I already have my God. He is a destroyer. I don't need another destroyer. My God, Satan, already come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Why need your God? Your God also destroy as well. They will not join Christianity if they believe that our God is a destroyer. When people are losing their business, their health, their money, their family, but the Lord meets all of your need. You start new business. Money come in. You look very healthy and strong. Look. Very good. You're so full of joy and smile and generous. Everywhere you go, you bring the glory there. People look at you, and they will ask you, "What is going on in your life? Why you smile all the time? Why you can always pay for my lunch? You have so much money. Why you so generous?" And you will answer, "I have a good shepherd." He is so good to me. He takes care of me, and this is my testimony. Wow! God did this to me. God healed me. God healed my children. Wow! God opened a new door for me. Wow! It's so wonderful, wonderful. Oh, by the way, do you like to be His sheep? We still have the application form. If you want to join this flock, this is the application form. Joy, Jesus, come in. We have the good shepherd. Come to my church. He's gonna take care of you. He's gonna help you. He's gonna lead you. He's gonna provide for you. He's gonna give you super abundant life, abounding life. He's gonna guide you and protect you and heal you. He's gonna take care of your children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. Wow, I think a lot of people would like to become a Christian when they see that we. Have a good reflection on our shepherd. John chapter ten, verse ten. 
The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. This is the word of Jesus Christ. Let me ask this question: Is there a thief? Did Jesus talk about the heavenly Father as a thief? No. Is Jesus a thief? No. Is the heavenly Father a thief? No. He did not talk about himself in the first sentence. The thief does not come except to kill, to steal, and to destroy. A lot of people are blaming God for every stealing, every loss, every killing. And every destruction that is going on on this planet Earth right now, they blame the wrong person. God is not involved in killing, stealing, and destruction at all. The accusation happened everywhere against our God, and also in the church. Sometimes I see my patient who claim to be a Christian, and my patient has bad back problem, and sometimes it come out from their mouth. They say. Yeah, God allow me. Uh, God make me sick, so that I learn something. And they blame God that God make them sick. It's not from God. Sickness is not from God. It is obvious that there is killing, stealing, and destruction on earth. And a lot of people blame God that He did all these things in His sovereignty and in His mysterious way. They blame God. They say God stole things from me. God killed my children in that accident. God destroyed my life. This accusation is opposite to what the Word of God say. He is not a destroyer. He's not a killer. He's not a robber. In fact, who is the robber? Who is the killer? Let me read Revelation chapter nine, verse eleven. And they had as king over them. The angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. Abaddon and Apollyon are the name of Satan. What does it mean? Abaddon and Apollyon mean destroyer or destroying angel. The one who come to kill, to steal, and to destroy is not our heavenly Father, and is not the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil is our enemy. The devil is our adversary. You and I have an enemy. The whole world has an enemy, and that is not Jesus. That is the devil. Satan is a destroyer. Satan is a thief, and Satan is the killer, and he. Absolutely, does not come to bless you or do anything good to you. His job is to kill you, to destroy your life, destroy your marriage, steal your money, steal your happiness, slay something in your life, torment people, and do bad things around the world. It is his job. But our God come to bless, to to do good to all of us. Therefore, if something is stolen from you. Maybe your job is stolen from you, or your money is stolen. It's totally wrong to blame God. If you got sick, it's totally wrong to blame God on your sickness. You cannot blame God. It's from the enemy. If you lost your years of life, or you lost 
opportunity of your life, don't blame God. It's either come from sin, or the world system, or the devil. Three things are our enemy on earth. Sin, the devil, and the world system. If you cooperate with these three things, you're going to lose something. Something in your life is going to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be stolen from you. Don't condemn the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? Jesus come not to kill, to steal, to destroy, or to condemn or judge anybody. Jesus said that I come so that you might, actually, you may or might have life. Why he say might have life? Because not everyone believes in it. So not every Christian have life because they don't believe in what Jesus said. You might have life and have it more abundantly. A lot of Christians say that I don't believe that Jesus wants me to have life because they believe in the lies of the enemy. If God wants you to die, to lose something, He just sit in heaven and do nothing. He doesn't have to come down. You know why? You already have the enemy who come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He doesn't have to get involved. He just sit on the throne, doing nothing. You're going to be killed. You're going to be losing something, and your life is going to be destroyed anyway because the devil is working on earth right now, doing his job to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus came so that he can save us from the work of the enemy. He come to give us life. In the Greek language, the word life is zoe, Z-O-E. Zoe is not the life that we talk about heart beating and breathing. Zoe means the life of God. You have life of God. The life of God is in you. Your health, your heart, your mind, your emotion, everything in you, your family, you have abounding life. The life of God. Amen? Perizo means surplus, superabundant, abounding, excessive, more than enough, plenty, and have more over. Let me ask you, who is in the business of making you not having enough? Who is in the business of stealing things from you? Who is that? Satan. Who is in the business of bringing abounding life to you? Which side do you want to follow? I'd rather follow Jesus. I don't want to serve Satan. He come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. When you look at something and you say, wow, I lack this. I don't have enough. Who tried to make that happen to you, that you are lacking something? Satan. Amen? But Jesus come so that you can have life. Let me read from Amplified Bible, John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and enjoy life. They may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. The devil never blesses anybody. He never wants to do good. Only God wants to give you good things. The devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Therefore, the Bible says, resist the devil. Get out of here. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Don't give place to the devil in your life. I don't allow bad internet in my house. 
I don't allow any bad books in my house. I don't allow even bad attitude to come into my life. If I start to have bad attitude, I repent right away. Because when I start to entertain the bad attitude, I open the door for the devil to come in. And he comes in only to kill me, to destroy me. I repent very quickly. I take care of the problem in my life quickly. I don't entertain anything bad in my life because I don't give place to the devil. I know he come to kill me, to steal my family, to destroy my family, and to steal everything from me. I'm going to only welcome the presence of Jesus in my life by living a life that is pleasing to him. Repent quickly, obey him, and let heaven open over me. The devil and God do not work together. A lot of people think that God and the devil are partners working together, destroying people. That is a misunderstanding. God never worked with the devil. The devil and God are enemies. Amen? And when Jesus comes, he comes so that you can have life, enjoy life, and have it more abundantly. Let me show you some scripture to see that our God is a God of abounding life. John chapter 6, verse 13. At that time, 5,000 men with women and children had no food to eat. And Jesus got five loaves, barley loaf, and also two fish from a boy, his lunchbox. He got the five loaves and two fish, and he prayed to the Father, and he multiplied and feed all these 5,000 men, including women and also children. And look at what the Bible says in John chapter 6, verse 13. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with fragments of the five barley loaves, which remain over and above, perizur, unto them that had eaten. The word in King James Version, translate over and above, come from the same Greek language, perizo, over and above or abounding. Is our God is a God of plenty and plus. Is our God is a God of more than plenty. You have plenty, it's good, but more than plenty, more than plenty energy. Sometimes I wonder too, how come I and Pastor Doug get all this energy? We have so much energy. We come to church on Saturday, Sunday. We, we do this every day. That energy is abounding energy from God. <laughs> it's not my own energy. I can operate five cases and then I come to record and I still have energy. The energy is abounding energy to serve the Lord. Amen. He's a God of 12 baskets full and left over. Look in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 talk about the prodigal son. The prodigal son took money from the dad, went out to enjoy life, and burned all the pennies, all the money away, until he became so poor. He did not have food to eat. He needed to stay in the swine place. And he looked at the pot of the swine, I need to eat food from the pot of this swine, the swine food. He was thinking, wow, my life come to this point. You know, sometimes God allows some people who are so stubborn and prideful to go to the bottom of their life before they repent and come to their senses and turn around to God. This happened to this man. 
I don't want to go to that direction. I don't want to go to the bottom of my life. And then God help me. I want to continue to obey God and enjoy the blessing of God. But a lot of people are very stubborn. And they do wrong things and they're so rebellious against God to the point that they arrive at the bottom place of their life like this prodigal son. And look at what the prodigal son say in Luke chapter 15 verse 17. But when he came to himself or he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servant, hired servant have bread enough and to spare? Perusal. The same word. Enough and to spare. And I perish with hunger. Enough and to spare come from the Greek language, puriso. We have a lot to eat, but still I control my diet though. I have a lot to eat in my house. I have to control carbohydrate. I don't eat too much. I need to control. <laughs> Lately, I do 16 hours fasting every day, except Sunday because I have to preach here. But otherwise, I try to decrease the amount, even though we have so much food on the table. I have to control because I don't want to be sick. So we have over and above. The father in this story represents the heavenly father. The prodigal son represents you and me who sometimes rebel against God. And the Bible says that the father in heaven don't just have enough for himself and his son, but he has more than enough for himself, his son, and also for his hired servant. He has more than enough for all these people. My dear brothers and sister, when something is lost and destroyed in your life, I want to tell you, it doesn't come from God. It's always come from the devil. It's not done by the Lord. The Lord's will for all of us is abounding life. We have more than enough. I'm going to end the sermon here by reading a few scripture, a few verses, but I will continue next time. This is a big subject. I'm going to show you that when we talk about abounding life, it's not just about money. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 2. And then I will close and continue this one next time. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 2. Now, brethren, I'm going to read from NASB first. We wish to make known to you the grace of God. How many people like the grace of God? I like the grace of God. I pray every day. God, give grace to this church. Give grace to all your people in this church. I need your grace. The grace of God which he has been given to the churches of Macedonia. That in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance perusal of joy, and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth perusal of their liberality. One translate abundance perusal, another one wealth perusal too. In New King James Version, everyone say overflowed. In the wealth of their liberality. Okay, now look at New King James Version. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, but that in a great trial of affliction, 
the abundance perusal of that joy and that deep poverty abounded perusal in the riches of their liberality in NIV. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches out of their most severe trial. Wow, these people got a lot of troubles. They faced tests from God, big trouble, difficulties, persecution. Not only that, poverty. They did not have a lot of money. Their overflow joy, brutal joy. And their extreme poverty welled up in rich, brutal generosity. Let me read NLT. I want you to see the picture here. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God, in His kindness, has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant personal joy, which have overflow in personal rich generosity. The believers in Macedonia faced hardships and troubles, and they did not have a lot of money. They were quite poor. But do they live a abounding life in another area? As I mentioned from the beginning, when I talk about abounding life, I'm not talking about money only. Yes, we can have abounding finances, but we are talking about something else. Can poor people who face a lot of trouble have abounding life? Yes, these people in Macedonia have an abounding joy, even though they don't have a lot of money in the bank account, even though they got hit with problems. Problems, problems. They still worship and joy and laugh and ha ha ha. And they went to church and laugh and have fun and they have abounding joy. And not only that, they have abounding heart. The heart is so big. Liberality. Some people in this room may not be as rich as Tom. I don't say which Tom. There are many Tom here. Some of you may not be as rich as Pastor Tyson. No, I'm kidding. You may start your life. You have a low salary, but you can still have abounding joy when you come to church. You get excited about God, and you have abounding heart, big heart. You give. You serve people. You give your talent and ability to serve people. So much in the inside here, in your heart. Our main objective in life is not. About accumulating money and wealth, I'm talking about material wealth and stuff in our life. The objective of this life is to love God, serve God, and please God. Nothing wrong to be rich. Nothing wrong that God gives us abounding financial situation. But our objective is not about money or try to hoard. And accumulate more money, more money, and just keep it like this with a little heart on the inside, with a stingy heart or covetous. Covetous attitude is wrong, but at the same time, listen carefully. The balance, covetousness is an idolatry 
is wrong. You love money more than God. But at the same time, do we need provision from God? Yes. We need financial provision. The Lord called all of us to do the great commission, to go all over the world, preach the gospel, building churches, make disciples, reach out to the lost, reach out to our neighbors. Pastor Dan and I try to reach out to our neighbors. This coming summer, we're going to set up a Thai lunch, Thai food lunch to feed the neighbors. We want to reach out to them. We want to reach out to people. But in order to have lunch on my table, Thai food, I need money to pay that lunch. So I need God's provision. But God give us provision. God give us abounding life to do what? To fulfill the great commission. It's not about accumulating stuff. More money. More look at the number in the bank account and whoo, it, the stock just went up last Friday. Whoo, so good. Like that and just enjoy the number in the bank account. No, we use money to preach the gospel. To do the great things for the Lord. Amen? Amen. What we learn from 2 Corinthians 8, 1 and 2 is that we should not condemn anybody or attack anybody that they don't have faith. That's why they're poor or they're in the curse. That's why they're poor. Don't put any poor person down. Period. Amen? The churches in Macedonia were poor. But God put the thumb up on them. Wow. These people, even though they face persecution, but they have abounding joy. The love God is so on fire for God. And they have riches of wealth that overflow. The wealth of liberality, of generosity. They don't have much, but they're so generous. Should we live our life that way? That we're so full of joy on the inside. Abounding joy abounding generosity on the inside of us. It's good. Start from the spirit here. Not money. Money is not the focus. The focus is our spirit is so abounding, so full of the things of God. Amen? Amen. We want to have more of God in our spirit first. And this is the key. If your spirit is right, money will come later on. If you read Third John verse 2. Let me read it to you. Third John verse 2. Third John 2. The Bible says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. The churches in Macedonia prosper in their soul. They're happy to serve God. They laugh. They have joy. But at the same time, Their soul is so big. They're so generous. The wealth of generosity is in there. Wow. I put the thumb up for them. Better than rich people who say, I have a lot of money, but they give left over to God. Luke chapter 21, verses 1 to 4. Jesus talked about this. It's interesting. When Jesus was in the temple, he was watching the offering bag. You think when you give money in the offering bag on Sunday, God watch? Yes, God watching what you're doing. Okay, let me read to you. Jesus was watching. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched <laughs> the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow, like the Macedonian, came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, 
This poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. Hmm. Two coins. The rest may give two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, but she gave two coins. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. I'm so proud of my wife when I first got to know her. One, I hope you don't mind I say this, honey. Pasada is a very generous woman since she was young. Her parents are not very wealthy, kind of middle class, don't have a lot of money. But in summertime, she would go out to sell stuff on the street to get more cash. And she gave all that money to her parents, never keep even one penny. At that time, she was in a Catholic church. She may not understand about how to give to God yet. But she gave all the money to her parents. The first month's salary that she worked for the bank, she gave the first check to her parents. She doesn't have a lot of money. She was not rich, but her heart is big. And that's why God made her to marry a neurosurgeon. We must not emphasize material things to the point that we always think about money, money and materials. We should emphasize honoring God. And we want to have abounding spirit here. Luke chapter 12 verse 15. And he said to them, I will end here. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. What the Bible say? Don't focus on how much money you have, how many homes you own, how many rental property you have, how many cars you have, because the abundance of the things he possesses mean nothing to God. Don't love money. Make sure in the eyes of God your spirit is abounding. Colossians 3.5 Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, the love of money, which is idolatry. When we talk about abounding life, make sure I'm not a prosperity preacher that talk about money. We are talking about the abounding life, including the spirit. We don't practice covetousness because it's an idolatry. Amen? Nothing wrong to have money, but don't love money. Starting from your heart. Like my, your pastor, Pastor Da. Since she was a young girl, but her heart is so big. Abounding spirit. Wealth overflowing with the wealth of liberality. Give, give, love people. And God can bless her financially later on. But the heart must be right. Amen? So in conclusion today, we learned, number one, according to the scripture, it's God's will for all of us to have abounding life, overflowing life, surplus, excess, excessive, more than enough life. 
Jesus paid the price for us. He became poor so that we might be rich. He paid the price. Jesus said that he is a good shepherd. He came to give us life and give it perizo, more than enough. Give life and give it more abundantly. The word more abundantly is the same word perizo. He wants to give us more than enough. Number three, we learn that our life, the way we live, is a reflection to our shepherd. Many people in the world will come to know Jesus if you live a right kind of life because you witness and people look at you and say, your shepherd is good. Can I have the application form? I want to join your flock. Amen? We need to make sure we shape up our heart, our spirit. Everywhere we go, we're so full of joy, full of love, about in generosity, about in faith, good people. People look at us, pray to God that we will be healthy. We look good. We dress nice. We don't you know, dress checky thing and make people look at us. Oh, your shepherd must be bad. We dress politely and look good. I'm not saying that you have to buy $10,000 clothes, but you dress good enough for people to say, hey, your God must be good. And last thing, we learn that abounding life is not just about material. In fact, it's more than material. It's about the heart. Start from here. Next time, we're going to continue to read Second Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 1 on. I'm going to explain this whole part of Macedonian church in detail. What kind of spirit we should have to live an abounding life and we'll continue to learn. I have many chapters. This is just first one. How many people excited to learn about abounding life? But don't forget, I will bring back the way of victory or repentance soon. <laughs> you cannot avoid that preaching. Uh, the talking about repentance. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many of you say that, I want Jesus to be my shepherd? How many people say, I want Jesus to be my God? He is a good shepherd. Let's pray together. If you want Jesus to be your shepherd, let's confess together. Lord Jesus, you are the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Messiah. The Father sent you into the world. You endured the cross. You pay the riches of sin for me. You became poor so that I might be rich. Lord Jesus, you died my death. You took my sin. You took the rejection that I deserve. You took all the curses that I deserve. And you give me the blessing. Lord Jesus, I declare that you are my shepherd. You are my savior and my Lord. Come into my life. I open the door of my life to you. Come in and died with me. Have fellowship with me, Lord. 
I believe, Lord Jesus, you came to give me life. Zoe, the life of God, and you give it more abundantly. I have faith and declare that I will live an abounding life. I promise you, Lord. I will be a good reflection on you. When people see me, they will glorify your name. Oh Lord, pour your blessing upon me, so that I can be the blessing to the nations, so that I can do the great commission, fulfill my calling. Thank you, Lord. From now on, I will go higher and higher in the surplus, in the abounding ability, the overflowing of the wealth of the kingdom of God, and you shall be glorified. Thank you, Lord. Help me, Lord. That I will not be covetous. I will not practice idolatry, loving money more than you, Lord. I will love you more than money, more than material things. I promise you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm excited to teach about this series. I believe we're going to learn a lot. I will read a lot of scripture and show you from the scripture. It's so fun. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Give us abounding joy. Give us abounding generosity, Lord. Abounding heart. Abounding life. So that we can be generous, so that we can fulfill your calling, Lord. Every family in this house, no one will live in the land of lack, Egypt. No one gonna live in the land of just enough, the wilderness. Everyone, Lord, will enter into the promised land in this generation, just like the second generation of the Hebrews in the time of Joshua. Lord, I want to be Joshua in this generation. I want to bring these people into the promised land with me, Lord. We're gonna enter the promised land, take over the land, and worship you there, Lord. Now we are at the mountain to worship you. Some of us already enter, but some of us are new believers here, new in the kingdom, and they still worship at the mountain. With Moses, but they will not stay at the mountain. They will enter. They will walk across the Jordan River and enter the Promised Land, the land flowing with milk and honey, the land of more than enough. And they shall, Lord, be involved with a great commission. In this generation, together, 
Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.